Hello, you're listening to Dear Reader, a book talk show featuring chatty librarians, bringing you reading recommendations and a whole lot of book loving. I'm Justine Hanna, here with my fellow librarian and bibliophile, Natalie Mason, and we're coming to you from Melbourne Library Service. And welcome to our podcast. It's that time of year where everyone else is doing a best of 2015 book list. And we didn't want to miss out, did we, Justine? No, we love it. So we're going to talk about the books that we read and loved in 2015. Not necessarily published in 2015, there's the giant disclaimer, but books (laughs) that we discovered and we loved in the year that was 2015. (laughs) And there were so many books to discover. There always seems to be, but I felt like... Like this year was just such a great year. I've read so widely and uh, it feels like I've been pushing my boundaries a little bit too, although I'm not sure that my choices are going to reflect that today. That doesn't matter. If you know deep on the inside that you challenged your reading boundaries, then who are we to challenge you? Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're you. you. You challenge me every day, Natalie. I do my best. <laughs> um, would you like to go first? Sure. Go, Justine. Go, yeah. go, go. Okay. So my first recommendation uh, of a book that I've read this year and absolutely loved is called Only the Animals by Sarah Dwin Dovey. Ah, oh, giant sigh. <laughs> it's just an absolutely stunning book. It was published in 2014 um, and it was actually shortlisted for the Stella Prize and I believe it was a 2014 winner of the Queensland Literary Awards and I mean there's been a bunch of other awards it's been uh, shortlisted for as well completely deservedly as well it's a really beautiful beautiful book it's 10 short stories um, that are written from the point of view of 10 animals the souls of 10 animals that have been caught up in human conflicts over the last century and it tells the stories of their life and death and so you know they're already they're souls of animals so they are dead animals so it can't like there's a couple of them that really tug at your heartstrings so just be be very aware of that Um, just a couple well most of them do but some of them are really fun as well and some of them are quite lovely and they all sort of tie together so they can you can just dip in and out and read a story here and read a story there um but I actually thought they were most they're just so beautifully put together and they really read like a fable to me in as a whole um and they're also told in the style of an author that has Mm. some sort of relevance to the story either the animal was um you know, was known, knew an author or was known by an author or had some affiliation with it or or not. My favourite one is actually the um, the mussel, as in the, the M-U-S-S-E-L, like in the sea mm-hmm. <laughs> creature, the one that I eat um, occasionally. Mm, Sorry. Has it made you think twice about eating mussels? Not really. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry Nat- Sarah Dwin. Sorry, Natalie. Um, but it's, uh, oh, it was told in the, from the, um, in the style of Jack Kerouac on the road and it was mm-hmm. so good. It was funny and it was fast. And it was just, yeah, really great. Um, um, it was. I just found it was unbelievable how Sarah Dwayne Dovey has managed to totally humanise and, um, I don't know, bring these animals to life, these creatures to life in ways that I never thought of. And I just loved it so much. And I think you really enjoyed it too, didn't you? It broke my heart ten times <laughs> because there are ten stories in there and each story ends with the death of an animal. And I'm quite sensitive to animals and their suffering. So the idea that each of them passes un- in an untimely way makes me quite sad. But the reading of them was beautiful. But I, I found it sort of devastating in parts. I, I genuinely cried. They were, they were genuine oh, tears. Too. Yeah. There's one from uh, the point of view of a, a dog, and um, our dog had passed away only like the year before. Oh, Justine, I, I want to hug you right now. I just I want to reach past the microphone <laughs> and around your headphones and, and honestly, give you a hug. I had to put 
the book down and and have a breather and that's okay but I still came back to it because it is very beautifully written Mm -hmm. and very interesting as well so that is uh, Only the Animals by Sarah Dwin Dovey and that's my first pick what about you? Um, Well my first pick is The Natural Way of Things by Charlotte Wood now I this will be on the stellar long list and if not then (laughs) bold prediction you heard it here first folks if it's not on the long list then it'll be on the long list because there's just no other option for this book um, Not on the short list, it'll be on the long list. It'll be on the short list, it'll be the winner. Like, <laughs> how would I, I can't see into the future, but this book is so exquisite. Uh, this is a book that is still sort of kicking around in my head. I think I finished it maybe five days ago. Um, it's quite haunting. Um it's a story of confinement and abduction and there are hostages and there's the possibility of rescue, there's a possibility of escape um, and then there's the possibility that um, the people who have been taken hostage might become resolute and want to remain in that confined space that they're in because that becomes the safe place after a while. You learn to live in uh, in captivity if that's the situation you're in, sometimes in, in fiction books that tell that kind of story. So um, this is the story of a small number of young women who are um, all taken to a an undistinguished or an undetermined place in the Australian outback and kept captive or certainly kept against their will. Um, they're... They discover over time that there there are situations in their lives that have linked them together, but otherwise they don't know each other before or they don't know each other from the outside world. And um, the story kind of follows them as they each individually and um, quite tragically descend into madness after being confined for a time, a period of time. Um, and it's uh, it's told by the seasons and as and this is an outdoor place that they're kept in. So they have access to trees and animals and, uh, you know, the outdoors, as well as the kind of uh, servitude that they are um, unfortunately stuck in. Um, So it's really, the writing is immediate. You start, you know, the book opens with a young woman being thrown into a room and she sees another young woman in there and their captors are there. So you, you as the reader are thrown immediately into this situation. You've got no idea why or where or how or even when, like in terms of the time period when the book is set. Um, it's not until the book progresses that you sort of get a sense of where you are and, and why they're there. And I think you as a reader discover it as the girls in the story discover it as well. Um, there are some really harrowing and horrible situations, um, but it's brilliant and it gets five million stars mm. and everyone should read it. It, it, is sound, it does look amazing as well. It's such a beautiful cover. And it's is Charlotte Wood Australian? Yes, she is. That's so from New South Wales, I believe. Yeah. Well, same with um Sarah Dwayne Dovey. Well, she's she lives out in of Sydney. Sydney. Yeah, mm. Sarah Dwayne Dovey as well. So isn't that interesting? Both of our first picks are Australian female writers. That tells you what we've been reading <laughs> this last year. It sure does. Um, the, my other two picks will not reflect that, unfortunately. <laughs> Justine, pick number two. Oh, okay. Uh, my second choice is. Um, Actually, before we go into my second choice, I just wanted to say when you were talking about the natural way of things, you did in that in terms of that opening where you you don't know why they're there and you don't know you know the reasons for the confinement and things. It just did remind me of a book that I also loved and read last year that I wasn't going to mention, but I'm going to quickly say do it, do it, um, which which is called The Girl with All the Gifts. 
I don't oh. know if you remember that one at all. No, but that's a great title. It's a fabulous title and um, it's a fabulous read and it's a really interesting take on the zombie sort of uh, plague idea. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in that and you have read and liked The Natural Way of Things, try The Girl with All the Gifts. It's a bit different, but it's uh, it's also good. Anyway, actual choice. Uh, Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel. It's absolutely one of the best dystopian sci-fi novels that I've read in a long time. It it's what it's uh it really came at that whole concept of dystopian science fiction from a really different angle or at least it was a soft angle. It was a it's a slow read. It was a really beautiful book. I loved the characters. It's um again this sort of there's a plague that's basically destroyed human humanity and there's these pockets of people that have survived and they have to make their existence somehow and survive somehow and and there's um cults that rise up and there's a whole range of different things that go on in this story and the main character is a really strong young woman who doesn't have memory of her childhood and we never actually find out what this traumatic event was for her which still bugs me to this day um, <laughs> i read this book quite early on this year and it was published last year um and it's just a really interesting so there's this um, traveling symphony. Um, so it's a small troupe that performs Shakespeare and uh, various music and theatre uh, for the scattered communities of survivors. It's what happens to them and, and you know, um, what they do and where they go and the people they meet. And it's really, really interesting. It's not without hope, but it is quite bleak. But I really enjoyed it. I just thought it was beautiful, slow moving, but really thoughtful. I thought so too. And it, and again, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't have picked it up for myself. It was a book that was recommended to me, and it was beautiful. It's quite literary, very for, yes. You know, for a kind of sci-fi dystopian, the you know the flu plague is coming to wipe out ninety five percent of the population, and you must rebuild society in small pockets. You know, and su- some survivors live in an airport. Dun dun dun. <laughs> There's a really nice tie-in as well, though, with um, Kirsten, who's the the young girl who's sort of the main protagonist here. Um, she has a copy of like, one of the only copies in existence of this graphic novel, yeah. and um, we learn about the author of the graphic novel and how it came into Kirsten's possession. And it sort of mirrors. Kirsten's journey a little bit mm-hmm. and it's really interesting and so that there's quite a lot of depth to it as well. I mean, you can read it really shallowly as just an, a, a nice adventure story set in this, you know, dystopian world or you can you can really delve into it a little bit more and I do like books that, that have that depth. Just a really great story so I definitely recommend that one. Excellent. My next pick is as far away from the two we've already talked about as possible. <laughs> Not on purpose, but it's going to be quite jarring. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's a non-fiction book. It is called Adventures in Stationery. Oh, my God. <laughs> the subtitle is A Journey Through Your Pencil Case. It is one of the most exciting books I read all year. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> The cover is exquisite. It's a circ- It's got a little stamp on the cover that in red that has the uh, title of the book and coming out of it, fanning out of it are paper clips. Surrounding the paper clips are push pins and surrounding them are the very familiar caps of big pens. There's a chapter about pens, a whole chapter just about <laughs> pens, about all the pens in the world and how they were designed and who designed them and when they were designed and their design flaws and how those design flaws were overcome. There's also an entire chapter about Ready? Paper clips. Mm-hmm. Also, a chapter about staple. I am not kidding and I am not <laughs> making fun of this book. It is the greatest thing I've read. There's a whole chapter about highlighters, an entire chapter about um, liquid paper, tip X, ways of erasing things you've written. 
incredible. And my favourite chapter was about pencils. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. It's true. It's truly true. It is a history book and it is crammed with facts and there are, you can't read a chapter without being introduced to a new character, a new person with a patent, a new inventor, a new madman, a new person who's kind of copied somebody else's idea but made it just that little bit better. They've put this one new ingredient in, in ink, which means that it continues to flow over the ballpoint. It doesn't dry up and it doesn't leak. This stuff's actually incredibly interesting to me. Anyway, James Ward is the author. This book is incredibly well-researched. I talked about it at my book club at the South Bank Library, and one of the people in the book club went on and read it. And she loved it too. I'm not the only one. Um, <laughs> so I'd just like to, uh, just in case the author of this book, James Ward, is listening, James, if you're going to write a follow-up to Adventures in Stationery, I volunteer my time for free to assist you in researching any item of stationery you require, and um, that that will be a very fun job for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. So my third and last official pick, although I may want to mention a few others, is also a nonfiction. It is um, so my favorite book of the whole entire year and possibly my whole entire life is Between the World and Me by Tanahasi Coates. I have been talking about that for ages though, so I'm actually going to talk about a different nonfiction book today. This one is called Reasons to Stay Alive by Matt Haig. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an English writer and he wrote one of my favorite fiction books ever, which is called The Humans, if anybody's interested. It is just so good about an alien who comes to Earth and um, basically takes over the body of the person he was sent here to kill, who's a mathematician, and I mean, that makes sense. Uh, but that's a different story. But I loved that so much that when that I, I sort of started following Matt Haig, he's active on Twitter, he's really interesting as an author and the way he talks about writing, but then he also is very uh, open and honest about his own experiences with depression and uh, attempted suicide. So it's not light-hearted, but it is absolutely lovely. When, um, so Reasons to Stay Alive is his memoir, I guess, of um, the when he very nearly killed himself at the age of 24. I think he's nearly, like, he's in his late 30s, turning 40 in the next year or two. So this was a while ago. And it's really honest. It's really just such a beautifully written account of one person's experience and he's very clear that this was his experience he's not talking for everybody but he wants it out there he wants to be open about it and he wants to share his story in the hopes that people will be more inclined to share their stories to talk about this with family and friends um and he talks about the things that he wishes someone had told him at the time about no one really understands what you're going through but actually they do you just don't think they do and you know he really goes in depth and he sort of talks to himself 10 years ago as you know as 10 years younger. Uh, So it's really interesting and I would recommend it to anybody, but particularly to anybody who feels that someone in their family or in their friendship group might actually be needing more support than they know how to give. I feel like this book actually helps you find the language and the understanding um, to help others. So Reasons to Stay Alive by Matt Haig, absolutely beautiful. That's my last pick. Excellent pick. I actually have The Humans on my to-read pile Mm. on your recommendation. You'll enjoy it. It's Mm, good. I like enjoying books. (laughs) Speaking of enjoying books. Segway. Segway. (laughs) I'm going to talk about four books (laughs) in two minutes. It can be done. (laughs) The author's name is Elena Ferranti. Originally written in Italian, translated into English and released to the wider world in the last two or three years, The build-up and the hype has reached fever pitch where there is now a hashtag for for this series of books. The hashtag is Ferranti Fever, and if it's a a disease, then I 
caught it and I still have it. There is no cure. They are also dubbed the Neapolitan novels. It's about, it's a lifetime of female friendship over four books for the most part. It starts with My Brilliant Friend when they are uh, young women, poor area of Naples, uh, not a priority to educate them in the time that the book was set. So these girls uh, leave school and continue to grow up in their small neighbourhood in Naples. So my Brilliant Friend, Story of a New Name is when they start to get married, get a little older, and I'm talking, you know, late teens, early 20s. Uh, those Who Leave and Those Who Stay cover their 30s and um, Story of a Lost Child is certainly in their late 30s and goes all the way up to them being in their 60s. Kind of hits the present at the end of the, the fourth book. I don't read books in series. I can't think of the last time, other than The Babysitter's Club. I'm really struggling. Maybe Trixie Belden? Still. That's a while ago. You read series though, Justine. I do, I do. And I've got to say, it's really interesting hearing you talk about it because I love series, but I read uh, my, my Brilliant Friend and went, okay, that was nice, but I haven't gone back. Half of our colleagues have also caught Ferranti fever. Maybe we need half... to be quarantined. The other half I just don't care to speak about right now. <laughs> I can't believe how, how people cannot be completely involved and completely drawn into this family drama. It is a saga and it's endless and it's... Italian, and maybe that's why, because both of my grandmothers, my nonni, uh, were born and raised in sort of small towns in Italy, and their experience of being young in Italy certainly uh, represented by the first book. I would recommend it to anyone who enjoys stories about female friendship. It's dark and it's brooding, and it really does span four books. You don't need to read them all. They are they can be read standalone. Certainly the first one would be a brilliant standalone book. But if you're drawn to female relationships and female friendships and how sometimes a friendship between two women can be the same or more intense as a sibling relationship. And I think that these books really hone in on that kind of relationship, a friendship that spans a lifetime. Brilliant. Yeah, it is brilliant. All four of them are brilliant. (laughs) The last one and the one that was released in September of 2015 is called The Story of a Lost Child and the author of that entire series is Elena Ferranti. I've got to say the most interesting thing to me is the fact that we don't know anything about the author except that it's a pseudonym. But it doesn't matter. What does it matter? All of this trying to figure out who she is. It's just interesting. doesn't matter. (laughs) If I can hold that book in my hands and read it in English because that's easier for me to read than in Italian, then I don't care who wrote it. Yeah. I don't think it makes a skerrick of difference. Good word. Hmm. Right. Well... We're going to wrap up shortly, but I just wanted oh, to give... honourable mentions? honourable mention. Right, yes, yeah. I have one, and it is to the only book I've ever read that made me want to get a particular phrase from it tattooed on my fingers. It is called We Were Liars by E. Lockhart, and I don't even remember why I reserved the book at the library. It was uh, it just turned up one day on, on the reservation shelf with my name on it. I was like, oh, that looks great. I'm sure it was recommended to me by someone. It is definitely one of those crossover books which would sit comfortably in adult fiction or young adult or wherever. It's beautifully written. It's simple language but very powerful. And um, the story was interesting and complex and it completely drew me in. It's about family and friendship, about discovering yourself, but also about being able to choose to be the kind of person we want to be. You don't have to be the person that you see your parents are or your friend's parents are or your teachers are. You can be who you want to be and you can make those choices and it's about recognising 
that you have that choice and that choice is power. It's also about love, love for family, love for friends. And um, it was really powerful. I didn't pick the ending, I, um, but I, 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 it has stayed with me and stayed with me and stayed with me. And in fact, I think it's one of those books that I will end up buying just to keep and look at and touch every now and again because I felt it was so powerful and affecting to me. My um, re- honourable mentions, there's like eight of them on this list. Oh, Can I, I run pick, through I them real quick? I picked one of four. Come on. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know how to pick one. You know what? I'll pick the least likely. I, I read my very first Jane Bowles book this year, published in 1943, called Two Serious Ladies. It was a riot, <laughs> and I immediately need to read everything that Jane Bowles ever wrote. All right. Well, put down the list of the eight other honourable mentions. <laughs> of my 2015 reading and we'll leave it there for today shall we so you can read our show notes including a list of all those books on our goodreads page if you can access that through our website which is www.melbournelibraryservice.com.au and go to the read page we would also love you to tell us what you've been reading, what your highlights of 2015 were, um, or you can ask us for a recommendation for 2016. We are well on our way reading throughout this year, so we can uh, give you a hand if you uh, need some advice. You can tweet us, hang out on Twitter with us, at Melb Library, so that's at M-E-L-B-L-I-B-R-A-R-Y, and use the hashtag Dear Reader, or you can join in the conversation on our Goodreads page. And that's it. So until next time, dear reader, thank you for listening.